Ah, welcome to Fishing Without Bait, a lifetime without definitive expectations, where we ask people to explode into their lives through full impact mindfulness. The only entrance requirement is the honesty, open-mindedness, and willingness to try. If you're welcome nowhere else, you're certainly welcome here. Grab an oar, get in a canoe, and let the adventure begin. As always, I'm Jim Ellermeyer. I'm a behavioral health therapist, and I'm joined by an eclectic roster of guests. And tonight, we're graced with the presence of the feral female, Regina Honey Badger. <laughs> Regina, welcome aboard. Hello. Thank you for having me. So what's good about being Regina? Oh, I have many hats, and they're all silly. Um, most people know me as Honey Badger, uh, the pro wrestler locally and in the West Virginia, Ohio area. Um, but when I'm not throwing people around uh, on the weekends, uh, my day job, I'm a legal biller. And then I also am um, the communications officer for the Psychedelic Club of Pittsburgh. And I'm also working on issue coalitions with the Libertarian Party of Pennsylvania. So you are a Renaissance woman. <laughs> it feels that way well, sometimes. See, we love people that have a lot of passion. Um, however, what caught my attention was uh, the feral female aspect of your persona. <laughs> On this show, what we like to do is show people how you get here from there. So let's talk about there first, and then let's talk about here as far as the wrestling goes. Yeah, so the Honey Badger persona came about. Um, I was getting to a point in my training where I was getting ready to debut and had to start really thinking about this character. And I knew I wanted to do something more than just, you know, goth girl number 624 because, you know, everyone's seen that in wrestling. But um, I knew I wanted to be this larger than life character because that's what had attracted me to wrestling when I was little. You know, I was a huge fan of, you know, The Undertaker and Gangrel and, you know, all these characters who just, you know, were like, they didn't even almost seem real. Um, and... The funny thing was is that I was watching a documentary on honey badgers and the person I was watching them with said, that's you. You're this small little aggressive thing that has no idea like how big it actually is and just tenacious and then from South Africa. So it all just kind of fell into place and then the character just sort of evolved into this, you know, the big thing with honey badger is, you know, the mask is off like that's their true nature you know that's that deep embedded feral spirit that's within all of us um but she finds a way to kind of harness it and control it and use it in the ring against her opponents so you took an interest in thoughts and you put it into action how there's many people out there that have no idea how one becomes a professional wrestler yeah i my situation was extremely serendipitous where I was uh, doing some work for a local horror host show called the It's Alive show. I was helping with sponsors and vendors and ended up actually playing a small part on the show. And we were on the same channel as another um, wrestling company. And I reached out to them saying, hey, you know, we're on the same. It was like Verizon. It was one of those like odd Verizon channels, like 247. Like you really got to be digging to look for it. But I reached out to them and said, if you want to do some cross promotion or, you know, I was like offering them our sponsorship options. And the promoter invited me down 
and said, you know, well, we have a school. And um, I had played soccer, you know, all through my youth. That was really the only athletic background that I had had. But it was always like that little kid dream of like, oh, that'd be so cool to like just be that person in the ring and the spotlight. And uh, I went down and somehow made it through my my tryout. And, you know, now it's this last April I hit seven years Wow. <laughs> doing it I, I i it's technically seven years but i only count five because i didn't wrestle at all during the pandemic so i kind of took those years off but you know still seven years in in the thick of it and what does the training involve um it was pretty intense you know especially for me where i again like wasn't in the best shape um just the typical stuff you know didn't go to the gym didn't really do dieting so wrestling in that sense was a godsend for me and that I, it really helped start to get me into shape and got me away from stuff like heavy drinking. And even though I, I wrestled with that note, no pun intended, mm-hmm. with uh, trying to aim towards this healthy lifestyle that was ne- necessary for wrestling, but also fighting kind of like my vices with binge drinking and, you know, narcotics and things like that. So it it really helped me get on the straight and narrow because you know you're you can't just get away with just doing practice or i should say um you know you can't get away with just doing your workouts at training you really got to put in and discipline yourself to do the work outside the ring too and that's something that unfortunately took me a very long time to get a hold of and, and an understanding of can you say more about that regina yeah, um, it's really I just didn't listen to my trainers. <laughs> I I hate to say that. It's embarrassing to admit that, but it's the truth. You know, I was I was trying and, you know, trying to diet and my environment at the time wasn't also great. You know, I didn't really have anyone encouraging me, even though it was a healthier lifestyle. I didn't really have anybody encouraging me other than my trainers and you know, when you come home and that's, that's such an important piece of how you get into healthy, like whether it's mindfulness or physically healthier, you really do need a strong support system. So, you know, having someone even just be like, oh, come on, like, let's just have pizza again for dinner. Or, you know, it's like, you know, oh, just stay home and let's just, you know, drink beer and watch movies. It's like, that's hard. That's really hard, especially when it's somebody you love. So it, to do it on your own is is so it's such a hard road. We always talk about having an accountability buddy, mm-hmm. somebody that you trust and you respect, but most importantly, Regina, that you don't do not want to disappoint. We all need somebody like that in our mm-hmm. lives. Is there anybody like that in your life today? Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, I, I have my mother who is like always always encouraged me to just go for it. She's always been supportive. She's always been to shows. Um, my mom's been a huge support, you know, all through my life, through all my chaos and now thankfully in my order. Um, but you know, my, my, my boyfriend now he's a, he's a huge piece of how I, I got to where I was because he was the first person who ever said to me, you know, I, like you were saying, we, have this need and I think it's just human like we want to be you know something for somebody we want to and we start to put like meaningfulness in that like okay I want to be a good wife I want to be a good father I want to be all these I want to be a good employee um and we sometimes I think do that 
more for that other person than we do ourselves. And he was the first person to say, well, you'll be everything I need you to be if you just become the best version of yourself for you, because I need you to be able to stand up on your own two feet. That's a statement that I hope every young lady out there takes to heart and listens to. Uh, we often talk about, when I talk to people about the importance of self-care, I always talk to them about when they're flying on a plane and the flight attendant comes out and gives the oxygen mask instructions. Who do they tell you to put it on first, Regina? Yourself. That's correct. But I'll, I'll, many times I hear my children, my husband, mm -hmm. uh, the next person next to me. But unless you take care of yourself, you have nothing mm -hmm. to give. Yeah, you can't pour from an empty cup. And I've really learned how true that very cliche, simple statement is over the last three years. Well, sometimes cliched statements are repeated so often they lose their meaning. Mm -hmm. Unless you actually stop and understand that words do mean something. Mm -hmm. So, you sounds like you had a lot of insight and did a lot of soul searching. And uh, you didn't have what I, uh, we call the shiny star syndrome where you to latch onto something, it's real shiny and bright, and then it begins to lose its luster, and then you find another shiny star. But that didn't happen to you. No, I mean, I, I'm i really shocked that I did. I mean, don't get me wrong. I've done amazing things in wrestling that I never thought I would do. I mean, I've traveled. I got to you know, go as far as Florida um, with wrestling. I got to get in the ring with some of my heroes and learn from them side by side made a lot of great, you know, pe people that I watched for inspiration are now like people who refer to me as a friend. I mean, that's, it's a really crazy feeling. Um, but again, it's, it's almost one of those things of, I wish I would have done, I wish I would have done it with the discipline I had now from the beginning. And if that's like anything for someone who really wants to be a professional wrestler or just get into any sort of, you know, intense professional, you know, athlete, you really got to commit to it and you really got to do it all or none. Um, and you're going to have to make sacrifices. You're going to have to have the hard conversations with other people and with yourself. But if, if anyone can learn from me, it's, it's please do it right from, from the get go, because I can't imagine what I would have done if I would have taken my health seriously, if I would have taken my training as seriously and just put, you know, we, I think we, a lot of times think we're putting it all in, but we're really only doing like 30 to 40%. No. And sometimes that's hard to have that conversation with yourself. Cause you know, we're always, we're always our worst critics, but what to really excel, you really have to push yourself to those extremes and almost see where your boundary is so that you can figure out like, okay, how can I, how can I get to the next step without burning out? And how did you reach that moment of clarity? where you put these two powerful words I choose into your life? For me, it was, so things really got derailed with wrestling when I um, contracted Lyme disease. And I look back and I honestly don't know how I wrestled some of the time. I mean, there's, there's a match you can go back that I wrestled Tony Johnson at Rise Wrestling. And um, there's a point he hits me with a move. I can't remember what it is off the top of my head, but if you listen very carefully, you could actually hear me whimpering in pain uh. because I was in so much pain from just everything that was going on in my body and um, really kind of dangerous, like kind of, kind of um, reckless on my part. Like I really should have been more, I don't want to say truthful, but, but truthful with 
my limitations, but it was like, I was trying to just stay in it and keep trying and keep chiseling away that I kind of was pushing myself a little too far. So between that happening and then the pandemic happening for me, you know, obviously, you know, COVID-19 really affected people in a way, but for me, it was a really positive change in, in how trying it was because I was fresh off a divorce and I was alone and I had to sit with myself and I had to sit and look at my health and now I had to really figure it out on a budget because I was furloughed from my job at the time. So now I'm sitting here like I got to figure out what's going on with my body because I can't keep up with these medical bills and I'm sitting there, you know, with the decision I had made that I knew was the first decision I'd ever made that would benefit me in the long run. It was going to cause pain and some chaos in the short term. And it was I knew people were going to be upset and I was going to hurt people. But that was the first decision I made that was like, I am at this crossroad and I can either stay stagnant where I am and end up growing pretty much old and resentful for not taking that leap of faith or I can go. And thankfully I went and it, it worked out for me in the best way possible. So what we hear you talking about, Regina, is dealing with fear mm -hmm. through courage. And that's what holds many, many, many people back is the fear of failure, the fear of being humiliated, mm -hmm. the fear of why, how others are going to view their decisions. Mm -hmm. I would probably suspect you went through all of those. Oh, absolutely. And it's. I think it's also why I was so chaotic in my youth is because I let all those fears overtake what I knew was the right thing to do. And it's what caused me to not do the right thing for a long time. Because it's easy to tell a lie, not just to yourself, but to others. And even if it's not really hurting anybody, like even those white lies are still lies. And if you tell yourself enough white really lies glad, over time. I'm really glad you said that. Yeah. If you tell yourself enough white lies, like you'll start to believe them. And that's the scary part. That's what starts to separate you from the harshness of reality, which it's harsh, but it's also you have to stay in reality versus whatever this imaginary place that you're sitting at. And that's why I think I was in so much mental and physical pain. And I think that's kind of what was happening with my body is my body was being affected by the mental aspect of it. And I was drowning it in booze and I was drowning it in cocaine and I was just drowning it in all these unhealthy things. You know, I, I was very, you know, even resentful, you know, like anything spiritual wise, like I was very resentful to God. I was very resentful. Like I was that person who pointed the finger at every invisible enemy except myself. You know, it was always capitalism's fault. It was always the patriarchy's fault. It was always God's fault. But it was never Regina's fault, even though Regina was the one hand crafting her own chaos. We're going to continue with our guest, Regina Honey Badger, on our next podcast. And a free prescription, my friends, fruits, nuts, and vegetables. Unplug your television and take up fishing. And for a truly mindful experience, we suggest that you fish without bait. Please do a kindness for another and do a kindness for yourself. Forgive another and forgive yourself. If we are all not God's children, none of us are. Till all are free, none of us are lost.